Clark, and you're listening to the 9 to 5 Faith Podcast. I am here with my friend, Lorian, and we're going to be talking about just the church and what it looks like to have a relationship with God kind of outside of our regular nine to five and inside our nine to five. And I like to say, we're just the normal people because I think just the average normal person probably has a nine to five job. So Lorian, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I'm a 39 year old mother of one. I work uh, remotely from home, but when I started my journey with God, which was intense, I would say, because I was very um, convicted about all it's time to go all in. Uh, at the time I was working in uh, a bank. So I was working in a physical location. They knew me as one type of personality and now I'm a new creation. What does that look like? So I've been walking that out for about three and a half years now. I love to bake. I am uh, an aspiring author myself. I'm working on a memoir and that pretty much takes up all my time, you know, between trying <laughs> to be a blessing every day. But that's a, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. Also learned to garden in the last year or so. Really been trying to do that. Ooh, nice. So what are you growing right now? Right now uh, we're in Florida. So we're looking at, you know, starting tomatoes and peppers. You know, they're like, you yeah. have such a long growing season. And yeah. I say not really because the rain starts in June and it doesn't stop until September. So everything you want out of the ground, right. you need to harvest by June. Yeah, for sure. And a little bit of the same here. We don't have the rain, but we have the long growing season, um, but it is cut in summer. So summer, mm-hmm. you're kind of, you know little out of luck. If you, if you don't pull, I just, I have a bunch of tomatoes in my garden and a ton of broccoli right now. So, um, I haven't harvested the broccoli, so it flowered these beautiful flowers and the bees are just absolutely loving it. Yes. They do love those brassica flowers. Yes. Oh, I'm impressed. You know, like the names (laughs) I'm not even, I'm like, they have yellow flowers and green stems and that's about as far as I get. So what are you doing right now full-time for your job? I'm actually, it's really a funny story. I was working in finance and I didn't really have a a course charted for myself. I've always had to kind of take what was available. Uh, So, but as circumstances, as God began to shift my path, as I began to say, Uh, putting your kingdom first and all these things will be added unto me. You know, I really began to walk, practice that and trust God for that. And, and I didn't have discernment developed yet. So it's a miracle I ended up in the right place. (laughs) So, but I shifted gears. It was uh, right before the pandemic hit and I was moved out of my loan officer position that I was in into human resources which was the most isolated office in the entire building. And then the pandemic hit. So it was a total move of what I get. I attribute that to God's hand. And then it wasn't long after that. I was in that position for about a year and I was offered a position to go home and be a writer because I really Mm -hmm. felt like that's what the Lord was calling me to do. Yeah. But it's not like the writing that I am passionate about, but it does sharpen my skills daily. So I, summarize um, medical information for veterans that are trying to obtain benefits gotcha. from the VA. So I edit their doc, I edit documents all day long. And, and I, I just kind of do that. I, I, I push that and the, I get to interact with my coworkers through chat. So it is a different environment, um, yeah. you know, trying to, to manage, you know, how can you be a blessing through chat? And I'm very isolated yeah. in that. Um, but it's allowed me, I feel like time to heal, you know, when you get out there and you're busting at nine to five, 40 hours a week, it is very, it's very hard to manage. So that's what I do now. Yeah. I feel like that could be, it's even its own spinoff of like working from home and like working from home faith versus like in the office faith, because I feel like that actually looks very different as well. Mm-hmm. It does. I I would I have been blessed with some great opportunities to speak the word. I I know that I have to be careful and execute with some wisdom because I don't want to be in people's faces when I'm trying to present Christ or the word or 
right. because we can easily become obnoxious with it and turn people off. And sometimes, you know, I've even heard that from some mature Christians where they're kind of loud and proud with it. Like you're going to receive my ability to exercise my faith. And it just is really, it turns them so away, but uh, that's, that's really, it, it, it could be, there is the thing that you I found, I thought I was going to have more freedom working from home, but when everything is monitored on your computer, Mm -hmm. they want you in that seat eight hours out of the day. And so I'm my, I have worked more from home than I ever did in an office (laughs) setting. Right. Yeah. And that's another good point too. Like, I mean, I can go off on a tangent, but like at when I was in the office, I would get up, I would go talk to coworkers, I would go visit people by their desk, I would check in on a project and then just kind of hang out there, see how life is going. Whereas like here, I know I, I'm hearing a lot of rumblings in the business world that like work from home is actually more productive because you don't have those distractions, but at the same time, it can feel a little bit isolating in that. It is. It is isolating. I do like the ability to be at home when my son comes home. I think that was the biggest struggle for me. I didn't, you know, I I would have liked to do that whole section of life over again, where I could have had the choice, made the decisions to be at home and be a mother at the same time. But that's not what life looked like for me. And I didn't have sure everybody's got a choice I could have trusted God I didn't and so I missed out on all those years and as as it would as it would turn out not only did I need to sharpen my skill as a writer it was a financial blessing to take the remote position but more than that I feel like we all get to that place where like I wasted so much time with my son or my daughter that I can't get back. Mm-hmm. And in this season, the Lord has allowed me to recoup a little bit of that. He's, and it was, it was, it was the, it was the finish line of that time. You know, he's 18 right. now, my son is. So I've only got like one year or two years mm-hmm. to save her, but the Lord was like, if that's all I can give you back, I'm going to give that back to you. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. it was, uh, yes, he's, and, it, and then, so it was, like we, I have gotten to learn about the Lord. He does so many things at once mm-hmm. that I could not have anticipated. And I only had like a week to decide when, when the mm-hmm. opportunity wow. came. Yeah. So I didn't have very much time to say, well, let me pray about it and get back to you. Right. Um, because I had been paying attention and in prayer and I felt like I knew the path that the Lord was leading me into when I got that surprise invitation. I didn't even look for the job. My friend said, I know you're not looking. I was head of HR at the time. And she said, but I have a team. I have an opening on my team for a writer, which is a complete you know, shift of the tracks. Right, right. From but, loan officer to HR personnel to writer and editor. Yes. That's that's quite the hop, skip, and a jump over there. It is. And and I like to say this about God. If you are ready, when you say, God, I'm going to hand you the wheel and I'm going to finally sit in the passenger seat. It's like he did this U-turn right into oncoming traffic. And there was a lot <laughs> to panic about, but it's like, I'm trying to get you off the nearest exit. I've been waiting on you to make this decision for you know, three decades. I am not going to waste another second <laughs> trying to get your life on the path that I designed for it. So I was like, okay, as much as I can emotionally handle, he was like, change, change, change. So within yeah. uh, you know, within like a three or four year time period, I changed jobs twice to get mm. to this place that he yeah. it was a place of blessing. If I had been fearful at all, I would have lost the blessing. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a story for another time, but I had a situation where, you know, I just had this like stupid piece about a job change where I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Like there's no rational reason why I should be feeling the things that I'm feeling besides God. And I think for the first time that was like where I had like peace beyond understanding. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that God can even move through our lives in our career. And and you pointed it out of not just how we minister at work, but also ensuring like 
spiritual and familial growth and fulfillment at home. Mm -hmm. Like a change in career might not be for your career or for that environment. It might be for other reasons that are fulfilling. And I I don't think that's talked about like if ever. Yes. And to me, I, I have to say that if I had not received any of the other blessings, if I had not received the alignment with what I feel like is my purpose, if I had not received a financial blessing, uh, the peace that I have about trying to recoup some of the things that I feel like I lost as a mother would have been enough for me to say I'm all in God. So uh, everything else was a bonus. Yeah. Cause cause I do feel like, especially I I run into it a lot because I work in a I've worked in very corporate environments and I feel like a lot of the conversation is always about what's your next career move? What's your next step? Mm-hmm. When, when really it's cool to recognize that your next step that God may be leading you in is not for your career. That's right. Yes. Because it's all about, you know, soul ambition versus worldly ambition. Like how yeah. pure do you want to be? And, and that is how fast do you want to move through these, these cosmic lessons? (laughs) So (laughs) how fast are you willing, how much of the world are you willing to let go of? And, uh, for me, it was a Geronimo moment for sure. Gosh, that that's just, that's a beautiful, like, I just had like the aha moment of like, I've always just kind of treated my job on the side. I know for some people, they hold their jobs, uh, really close to their, their identity, Mm -hmm. um, and put a lot of their identity in, in their jobs. And it's easy to do that. And I think that like, if God wanted me, I don't know, on, on the phones all day doing sales so that, so I may have other blessings in other areas of my life. That's an opportunity that is really cool to think about. Well, and I found too, even before I was following the Lord, you know, as, as far in the job, because it gets even wackier before I was a loan officer, I was a 911 administrator for the County and supervisor Mm. over emergency dispatch. So that was even a wilder jump. And I found that looking back, it was, it was kind of like a hostile push out of that position. It was, you know, it's under the termination of an elected official. So if he has somebody different in mind for a position that you currently hold, you're in danger almost every four years. And it kind of came to that place where I was, it was a negative, it was a negative firestorm. I was pushed out. It was very public. It was humiliating. Mm -hmm. And I look back on that and it was because it was so public. I had a friend that worked at the bank and they said, Hey, you know, I've got a position here. And there was an open door already there for me. Mm. And, uh, I really thank the Lord for that because I, and I came to this piece of, of this jewel that I feel like I, I brought comfort to my heart was rejection is sometimes deliverance and to get me on the path that he wanted to get me on where I could even receive the word. I had to get out of that chaotic environment. I was never going to receive, um, the roots were never going to grow in my heart. That was very hard because of the stress and the pressure of that job, but being it, he allowed it, you know, it was not a good experience, but I thank God for it every day because, you know, he pushed me right out of, and I wasn't even following him then. That's, that's <laughs> the thing that I look back on and I'm like, you are so amazing that you are not going to fail even when I am ridiculous. <laughs> that brings me <laughs> such a comfort. Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think to just knowing and like, especially, I mean, hindsight's 2020 looking back you see all of the seeds that were planted kind of along the way. Yeah, I could have, I could have very well let my pride get in the way. I could have dug in my heels in that position and said, I'm going to fight to keep it. This is mine. I could have fought for the pride of my name, but I said, I'm going to choose peace and I'm going to go through this open door that's been, that's been put here just for me. I felt like, and I I was, I, I was right. And he blessed that. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your day-to-day. Like, let's talk about 
what a week in Lorian's life looks like and, and where we're like, yes, you have your family in your home to build. Um, but what does also like your work and your faith and how those two intersect and maybe family and home kind of work in there, but I don't have kids, so (laughs) I can't really speak to that. Okay. Well, I'll be happy to share that with you because I am a person that does better. I draw a sense of comfort from systems and schedules and things like that. Not so rigid anymore that it impedes what I feel like is the spirit, but I get up, you know, every morning I try to make sure it's between five 30 and six that I don't always succeed at that. Um, but I get up and I, have one of two things that I'm going to gravitate towards. Some mornings I don't feel like getting in the word and I'm not going to force myself to do that. I do feel like I have another priority in the writing, which is an expression of how I feel like the Lord uses his gifts in me. The words are very important. So whatever I feel like I'm gravitating towards, I will sit down and open up my word and my prayer journal, which I swear by. I've been prayer journaling for over three years now, and I can go through one in about six months, but I began to pray about those things and I'll write them and I time them. And just because I love to go back and read and reflect on the things that God has done and also know that those are not always my words. If he's coming through me and he's expressing himself through me in that way, then I ask him all the time. I say, Lord, help me to pray about those things that you want to see done in my life. I don't want to continue to lift up so-and-so salvation, you know, if you're, if that's not the time for them yet, I've prayed that I trust that in your hand. What do you want to do now? Because I need to see you work in my life. It's a little bit selfish where I was like, I need to win here. I need to see the hand of God uh, drop through this fabric here. So I pray, I try to make sure that I, my prayers are and and the way that I would say that spiritually is that I want my prayers to be in line with the will of God. Yeah. And so I spend about an hour and a half doing, I drink my coffee, I get in my prayers, but in that journal is also um, my reading that I'm in. And I have a default that I kind of lean back on, which is a three, six, you know, read the Bible in a year, right. but I'm not, I'm not one of these that I'm never going to be like, okay, well, I, I, didn't accomplish that because I do get what I call chasing rabbits in right. the word, <laughs> which means I might start in Genesis, but they're going to, I'm going to read the commentary to that. And they're going to drop a reference over here to maybe the book of Daniel. And I'm going to go over there and read and reinforce it because I'm so curious. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really what motivates me is my curiosity about God. Yeah. And because he's shown me so much of the word is true. So I'm going to do that in the morning time, or I'm going to write, Mm -hmm. which is working on the memoir, which I should do more of. I (laughs) don't know why all of a sudden it becomes a chore when it's a project. Now I could have written freely (laughs) before, but now it's something I feel like I have to do. So it's a struggle. I, I feel that way a lot when I like look back at like school and stuff where I'm like, I wish I could do that now. It'd be like a lot more enjoyable than it was in high school or in college. Like, I wish I could take these classes now versus I had to back then. Right. Well, and, you know, I I have had the opportunity to go and and do that, but that's another topic too. (laughs) I've taken a Spanish class. I wish I would have paid attention in high school too. Um, But that's, that's what I do. I I kind of go into one of those two lanes. I do discipline my and say, these are the choices for your morning reflections. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't, you know, I give myself grace in that. Sometimes I'm just not, I'm very, I'll I'll barely get up in time to make it to my computer, (laughs) which is ridiculous to log in. But when I get in that groove and I, and I have to make sure I don't forget to pray, like, Lord, help me get up and, and meet me in that place. And because if I ever forget that it, I do start feeling the drain on it mm-hmm. and I need the Lord to refresh me in that. So I'll sit down at my computer, which uh, I love, I love, love, love working from home. My husband put some bird feeders right outside my window <laughs> because he's an ace. And so I'll watch the birds and oh. And then I kind of 
you know, our boss will will say these are the claims that we would need to make a priority today and we'll get that. But there's been it was interesting to watch because I really don't have any background in medical. And this is we're compiling medical evidence and right. putting and summarizing it. So the it's really a miracle that I even got the job. But then I get put into the mental health lane. Mm. And I don't have any experience in that, but there was one other lady that I was working with. It was only me and her. So I've watched God kind of, and that's, that's what I put to it is I've been put in this position. Why? Who am I supposed to be connecting with? And so I, I do the job, but at the same time, I make sure that I'm flexible enough to say, if I get interrupted who's on is this person on my mind not to ignore those subtle prompts of reach out and chat this person and and I look to it was just it's just amazing the way that 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 has that that has worked one instance if 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 I may one instance typical typical situation she had dropped in the chat that she's having a rough time this is in our group chat it's very casual Mm-hmm. And she was in the middle of a divorce and her daughter was a wall and I really gravitated towards her and I got to know her better because we got stuck in this same mental health lane. And she was, you know, an anchor for me and she's very knowledgeable and experienced. So I just kind of privately chatted her and I said, you know, is there anything I can pray about with you? And they know that I love the Lord. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. anytime I got the opportunity to establish that, I did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just so they, I just feel like it was important to say, you know, if, if they, if they would speak something in the chat and I'll say, oh, well, that's in a scripture and there's a scripture for that. So I was just mm-hmm. important to let them know, hey, if you need, you right. need a beacon, I'm just wanting to establish myself as that beacon. Right. And so I chatted her and she said, oh, bless your heart. You know, she, so it's one of those things where she acknowledges God, but maybe doesn't cling to him. Right. right? Maybe doesn't walk with him. Maybe doesn't acknowledge his name and all things. So I just had an opportunity to tell her a testimony, which was, it it involved when my, when my mother passed away and how the Lord was faithful. And I wasn't, I was actually kind of mad at God, I think at that moment. And uh, my mom ordered some books in the mail, not knowing she wasn't going to receive them. Mm-hmm. And I received them in the days that I was trying to bury her. And I had a body. I didn't know how I was going to how I was going to bury her because I was very young. I was only 23, not financially solvent. Right. And uh, the book's title was The Buzzards Are Circling, But God's Not Done With Me Yet. <laughs> <laughs> So she she has a little bit of an edgy personality and I knew she wouldn't be offended by that. And I just kind of told her, I was like, you know, he's never late. He's never late, my friend. Yeah. And this is a testimony uh, to that effect. So I got an opportunity to kind of slide that in. But, you know, I, I just kind of go through my day like that, looking for opportunities. If I get them, they're very rare. Yeah. I am not, I would say I'm probably one of the only ones in that environment that is strong in faith. So, but it gives me an opportunity to, you know, as I see the things that they post and jest and I hear the kind of comments that they make and I know that they may be living without hope, then they go Mm -hmm. into my prayer journal before I even start the day. If they're on my mind, you know, if I, then I'll, then I'll begin. I, I work a lot from the beginning of square one is to pray. That's like right. when, when I'm going to try and affect a change in a situation or in part in, in an environment, step one is to pray. Mm-hmm. And then I say to the Lord, you know, help me build relationships with the, with the persons that's whose hearts are ready. And that's the important thing. Like I, we can go out there and I think I've heard this kind of preached before, which was you know, the the sower doesn't care. They just sow the seed liberally and they, it just lands all over the place. Right. But if you want to be good at what you do, you don't want to sow seeds out of season. I mean, as I'm learning and developing my skills in the garden, you're you're wasting your seeds. Yeah. It it takes very little effort to kind of scan 
you know, and read the back of the packet, which is the same as people, <laughs> you know, get yeah. to know them a little bit, see what they need. They might not need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. They might need something different. They might need to know that God makes everything beautiful in his time. They might need, what is, what is the remedy that they yeah. need? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think too, um, you you touched on something like the people you have close proximity to, like you can kind of get a sense of like, okay, do they have a relationship with Jesus? But you got me thinking as you were saying that, I was like, you know what? Like I feel like I'm the only one in kind of my department that might know Jesus. But then also I'm like, okay, but like, how often do I talk about him? And like, what if everyone else is acting like I'm acting in in terms of like not talking about Jesus? Um, And like, what, you know, like, what if there's like hidden Christians in the room really um, that I just don't know about because they're acting like I'm acting and they're acting like I'm acting in the sense that like, I don't really talk about Jesus a whole lot you know, or my relationship with him or anything like that. And so as you were saying that, those were the thoughts like running through my mind of like, huh, maybe, maybe, maybe I should, you know, be a little bit more forward with that. And I think there's, I think there's fear in that, but also I think that, that you can, I don't know, God can work through it and find community and, you know, be a hope to others. Yeah. And, and if, if you'll allow me to kind of take a little jog into that um, yeah. is the two things that really motivated me to, to get truly out of the boat. You know, you hear that all the time when you say, get out of the box, get out of the boat. And um, one of the guys in the church that I was at at the time, and this was just when God was kind of cracking me open on my shell. Uh, he said, but don't make it weird. <laughs> you don't even know what you're saying like in retrospect I was like you can't tell me that because you know here's the thing weird is subjective and so I some really comical things transpired when I was like I'm coming after you God and I I don't know what's right or wrong but we're going to go through this rough process of trial and error here Mm -hmm. and it was you know so in the in the workplace though like you're talking about these um these uh, hidden hidden Christians. <laughs> uh, I'll give two examples of that and how yeah. it is very relevant to what has produced this zeal in me. And God has honored that. He's he's mm-hmm. definitely blessed it with fruit. But there was one lady in the office in my in a previous job where this all began, and she was probably the most despised person in the office. She was, you know, she was she was the one that was kind of subject to gossip all the time. Mm-hmm. And I never, I didn't step out and defend her at all. I didn't have that close relationship with her. I was like, I was kind of like, it's not my business. You know, I'm not, I'm just gonna, even though, and and so, but that was me before I committed myself to the Lord. When I committed myself to the Lord, some, my perspective began to change. And so all these other women though, that were there, they were openly Christian and they were not behaving in a very Christ-like way. And when I came out of it, when I really came into what I could say, come into the light, when I came into the understanding and I committed myself to the Lord, one thing that really bugged me was that I was surrounded by Christians in my office, professing Christians, but nobody was wondering about my soul. Nobody Mm. was, nobody was looking for me as the way that I like to say it. So I don't remember any edifying conversations or anybody trying to figure out, you know, where my soul was. And I was like, that's a shame to be surrounded by, you know, Christians. And mm-hmm. and the Lord even speaks about that in the Bible. Now he's talking to, if I'm not mistaken, he's talking to the pastors of the church. He says, you have not gone out to look for my lost sheep. They are lean and they're hungry. And he's like, and I, and you're, you're over here eating good. You know, you're over here taking care of yourself, but you're not going out to look for my lost sheep. He's like, I, you will be priests no more. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to get my sheep myself. Mm-hmm. Praise God for that. <laughs> but yeah. after, after that come about, I really felt compelled to um, defend this woman. Yeah. And she ended up 
Now she knew like everybody else in the office was really scared of my transformation because I was really (laughs) kind of dark and reserved. I was the type of person you said good morning to, you might get a good grunt, but I'm going to my office. And and you were with the same team, right? Like before Christ and after Christ. Yes. Which was very, yes. At that time it was very uncomfortable because I'm, I've got a new identity. I'll get out of the way, blinding you with the light right now. But she ended up, she knew what had happened because she really had had a very similar experience where she was just, you know, the the word says that the love of God is poured into us, you know, Mm -hmm. and so you can't help but just, it's transformative, really, truly, when you get that way. Right. She had experienced that before, this woman that was despised. And so she's just kind of celebrating her heart, not openly. She comes Mm -hmm. to me later and she says, you know, because everybody kind of turned on me. All of a sudden I'm crazy. Um, (laughs) I'm a lunatic. So, but this woman came to me and I was, first of all, I was very ashamed of the fact that I never stood up for her. Mm I I should have, that was an injustice. And I did apologize to her, but she told me this story about how she came to know the Lord and it was in a workplace setting. And she was in the break room with this other girl. And this other girl asked her, just simply said, are you saved? And she was kind of smart, smarty pants about it. She's like, what am I drowned in? Mm -hmm. I'm not drowned in. And the, the woman, the Christian said, oh, but you are. And she, it, she invited her to church. The mm-hmm. woman went to church with her and she was transformed. Wow. And so it was one of those things. I didn't know she had that kind of walk with the Lord. Yeah. And the other women were very, you know, they were kind of open about their Christianity, but they might not, they might not be a good example. It just, it, mm-hmm. everything flipped, everything yeah. flipped upside down. So yes, that from that moment, I have been determined to make sure it is known. And the second thing is, is that because I don't want, if there's somebody in my vicinity and I have the ability to either number one, introduce them to the Lord or strengthen them in Christ, I feel like that's a daily, daily mission. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like writing notes over here as you're saying that I was like, oh, wow. Like that's like gossip in the workplace. Like that's a problem. Like that's a whole thing of itself. And I have participated in it shamefully in the past. And, you know, I'm being reconvicted all over again as, as you're talking, because it does happen. And, and I think too, like the other part of it is, which, which leads me into my next question is like the fear of making a mistake, right? Like we're, we're all human. We're all sinners. We will sin. We will make mistakes. Um, but being amongst people for the majority of our life, right? Like we're with, we're with our coworkers more than we're with our family sometimes. Um, so we're bound to make mistakes and then have that. I think for me, there's that fear that it's going to tarnish their view of a person who follows Jesus or a Christian, because it's like, oh, look, she's doing X, Y, or Z. And she, you know, calls herself a person of faith. And, and I think there's that fear there. And I think that's really real, Mm -hmm. um, a really real trap that we can fall our fall into ourselves. And so that, that was going to lead me to the question of, um, when you go to work or when you leave work, do you feel, like, I don't know, like you're a different person. Like you, you wrote something, uh, when we were talking before of like, like your workspace and what you do for a living, it can be your mission field. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, you have like your home and you have kind of your core and then you have your mission field, right? Like Jesus had his 12 people and then he wouldn't, would go out and, and work in the field. And so I feel like not that they're different personalities or masks, but I think like the headspace and the intention that you go into the situation with is different. Yeah, it definitely, I think the, the more we really first, I think it's great that we recognize that there's a difference and our next goal is to shorten that gap. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it has been because mm-hmm. I don't have the energy to kind of maintain two different modes. Yeah. 
So I, I've been really trying to, and I guess I could, I'm going to use the full armor of God on this, mm-hmm. on this one. You know, we, we get in this mentality, like when we go to work, we're going to go ahead, suit up. We're right. going to put on the full armor of God. We're going, we're ready to go out and into the world and share, you know, be, be that person because, you know, it is, you, you, you do become more accountable when you advertise and you say, mm-hmm. I'm a child of God. Like you say, I think that yeah. is, I do recognize that there's truth in that when you're apprehensive of putting yourself out there, because then you're going to have the scrutiny. Right. Um, and, and that, and that to me, I would speak to that. What I have learned in that is, is that, yeah, there, it, there's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be some failure, but it's the Lord that gives the grace to mm-hmm. achieve success in that and I can't ever forget that and and it would and I would use the word trying to manufacture the fruits of the spirit rather than allowing the Lord to grow them in you and I think that myself included you know I would fall into that this is what I think Jesus looks like so this is how I'm going to act right Instead of saying, Lord, because there's some really, there's some faulty characteristics in me that I thought as I see that a gentle and quiet spirit is pleasing to you, Lord, in your word, but I really wish you would have given me that. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. So I was like, how do I suppress this, these parts of me that I feel like are not pleasing in your side and they're going to bring shame to your name and so I really felt like this was the response. He's like, you know, yes, I know you get too big for your britches. It's adorable. I'm able to humble you when you get, you know, out of order. Uh, so I know that you're very vocal. Give me your mouth and and you have permission to be bold with my message, but mm. don't get crazy. Um, so, and I could tell you some really humorous things that I did in the newness of trying to be that change factor in the workplace. But I learned that he's going to take everything that in is in me that I thought was bad, and he's going to transform it if I give mm-hmm. him enough time and I'm persistent in following him and I'm persistent in prayer. And I found too, that if I do these little things that I feel like he's calling me to do to be obedient, he opens big doors. Mm-hmm. And those two things are tied together often. So I would say, you know, to, I would I would say to that, that's the goal is to shorten that gap in between those mm-hmm. two personalities. And sometimes we get home and we say, I want to I, I want to take off the armor of God now because I'm home and I want to relax when home is absolutely the time that you need to make sure that you have it on. You know, first and foremost, that's that really is the workplace is the mission field. But if the enemy can tear up your home life, you can't mm-hmm. produce anything good yeah. outside of it. Yeah, and my husband could testify on that. But I have, and I have said that I was like, and I've actually heard those words said by other Christians where they're like, I have to be so careful about everything I do outside the home. I don't want to have to execute that kind of discipline inside the home. I want to be able to relax. I don't want to have to worry about mm-hmm. the things so much that come out of my mouth. And and my response to that is when God answers your prayer, when you lift this prayer up and you say, create in me a clean heart of God and renew a right spirit within me, the more pure your heart becomes, the less work it is to yeah the less work it is to to present uh, you know a, a good image of Christ because your mind and your heart he does he gives you those new things I didn't yeah. think it was possible I really didn't I, and that yeah. was one of the things that kept me from submission was I was like I I'm tired I've been tired of fighting my inner demon you know whoever right. this inner person is with these hostile thoughts yeah I have no hope that this person that I can't fight this I I just want to honestly succumb to the darkness because I'm tired of fighting it yeah but the Lord has definitely shown me that he can transform all of the things that we feel like and and I hope that's not off base like if that that no you actually like took what I was thinking and kind of flipped it around because I was thinking like when I'm at work I may be more reserved in what I say um just because of it being taken out of context, mm-hmm. you know, being able to explain myself all the way, 
uh, legal reasons. And I'm hoping in a future episode, I can talk to an employment lawyer who talks about like what, what can and should Christians be able to do in the workplace legally, Mm -hmm. you know? So I was talking about like, rather than like suiting up, I'm like, okay, like I have to be on guard (laughs) in the workplace a little bit more than like, I would be like at church or hanging out with my friends or hanging out with my family. You're fun. It's funny though. You kind of took it and went the opposite way with it of like, no, you need to be on guard at home and with your family against the devil and against (laughs) Satan and like, and like, that's so true. Um, because I absolutely believe, you know, like, um, when we let our guard down at home, like we're safe, we think we're safe. Um, but, but that's kind of when our, when our walls are down, that's when we're most vulnerable. But I, I do think that going into your workplace and being able to allow Jesus to shine in the Mm -hmm. way that he ministered to the Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like that's always my best bet when it comes to like ministering to people is just like, do it how Jesus did it. And that's in relationship. And who are we around more than our coworkers? Like, I'm sure there's a stat out there, but we work more then we spend awake time with our, with our people. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's why one, I think that's why a lot of people either feel the pressure to enter into some kind of formal ministry role, um, whether it's a pastor or, you know, it's, uh, some kind of mission work, like they feel pressure because, you know, it's, it, it's a very obvious equation where it's like, I'm supposed to be, you know, showing the light of Jesus always. And it's kind of not saying that being a pastor and like being a missionary is the easy way, right. but it's kind of I the obvious it. it's, the, it's obvious, yes. right? Like you should obviously be talking about Jesus. Whereas like you're sitting as a copywriter and an editor behind a computer, um, that's not so easy to be obvious with your faith. And, you know, I, I work on, uh, I work in social media and it's not always the easiest thing to lead and be obvious with my faith in that way either. So, um, both in the work that I produce and with the behind the scenes with my coworkers that, that exists. Yeah. And, and, and to, to say on that, that's a hundred percent. Like when you have all of your interests combined into one outlet, it does bring some measure of peace. Like I I do find myself as, because I have a heart that I want to go into ministry one day. I just don't, I'm in a transition where I'm trying to do both of those things. But an interesting thing was um, I did have a situation in my newness at work where I had an office right next to my bosses and I, I had people coming in and out of my office all day long. So I was like, oh, great. This is going to be an awesome opportunity to, you know, kind of minister to people as they Mm -hmm. come in. And it was one of those things where I said something to this person and my boss heard it and it was really kind of misinterpreted what I said. Mm -hmm. And it really caused a big problem. I actually got called into the president's office and he, he said, you know, we really have to be careful about, you know, the things that we say. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it was really in a, in a polite way, asking me to leave religion at home. And Mm -hmm. so the, the, and he was actually a believer. He actually has scripture on his windowsill, but he put the interests Mm -hmm. of the bank and the members, you know, or he put them, you know, put them first. He and the thing that I would say, I feel like I've learned, you know, in reverse, looking things, looking at things in from behind, in another way, and some growth is one good way to minister or to shine or to show Jesus is just to do your job well. Hmm. And because if you have any desire to work for the Lord one day, I think sometimes we see people kind of go into ministry. Like I, and I don't want to discount, you know, everybody that works in ministry, 
but they kind of get in there because it's uh, maybe a more grace-filled environment or, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, they kind of gravitate toward that thinking it's going to be an easier path. Uh, but you're working for the Lord at that point. <laughs> and I, so in my current job, it really kind of compels me to say, am I really giving my best? Am mm-hmm. I, am, or is my work excellent? And I think that's step one when mm-hmm. is to, and I think that the Lord will give you favor in that as well. So, and as you become lifted up, your influence becomes more and more, and then your words carry more weight with people. So I think step one to me would be do, do your job with excellence as if unto the Lord, you know, to, to really grab onto that scripture and prove it true. So that means that um, no more slacking on these documents. Like if I would just, I want to get this off my plate or I'm supposed to call this person back promptly, but two or three days later, I still haven't called them. You know, however that looks like in your job, that there, there are ways that you can kind of tighten up. And as you do that, I just really believe the Lord will lift you up. And as you lift are lifted up, so is his name. Yeah, man, you just kind of jumped forward there of like what, what I was going to ask you, which was like, what is like one takeaway that people who are listening can implement in their life? So maybe like, do you have another one? Like number one is excellence. Be excellent in what you do as a first step to showing Jesus in the workplace. Um, do you have another one, another takeaway? My, my second one is to love well, uh, you know, because I think a lot of the times we try to win people to Christ without loving them. And then it becomes a burden and it becomes a chore and it becomes a task. And I heard this recently said, you know, well, I want to protect my peace. And in the scripture, you know, Jesus says, I give you my peace and not as the world gives, but I give it. And in the book of Isaiah, and I'm sorry, I can't tell you where exactly it is. (laughs) I know that y'all know where Google, but in the book of Isaiah, he says he will keep him in perfect peace whose faith is firm. Mm. So when we're dealing with people, sometimes we can say, I'm going to put this wall up and I'm because I want to protect my peace. And the the Lord says in the scripture, I don't know how many times, but this one, I'm going to use an example. He tells Abraham, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So I would say, you know, don't be so careful about protecting yourself from people. This is, this is what I feel like I had had to make the shift in my mind, which is the job comes second, people come first. Mm. So I can work anywhere. And I know that, you know, because we, we, we get in that mode where we have somebody come to our office and we're really busy and we don't have time to listen to what they're saying, but they're saying that they have a fractured relationship with their mother. That might not be what they say. They might come in your office venting, but what they're really saying, if you're listening with your spiritual ear is I have a fractured relationship with my mother. They need prayer. So make time for that. If you have some good counsel, one of the things that, you know, I think that you said really kind of, you know, caught me just to kind of, you know, hit back on that for we, I know you're wanting to close up, but you're good when this, when these people kind of look and they say, oh, well, isn't she supposed to be, you know, a follower of Christ? Isn't she, there was this one person in the workplace. She was the only unbeliever in the place. And not only did she not believe, but she was hostile to the Lord. And I didn't know the word then I would have loved to express to her, you know, when you attack the Lord and you may, you may not understand it, but anybody that's a follower of Christ receives the the God as their father, Jesus Christ is their older brother. Um, This is, so you're, you're literally attacking their family member. It's insulting and it's hurtful. And and to be able to explain that into a way where they might be able to have greater compassion toward Christians in the workplace and God as a whole, like you're really being hostile toward him. Um, When they opened the conversation up, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know the word. I didn't know Mm -hmm. God. So I just had to kind of sit there with my mouth shut but that's what motivates me to go to the word in the morning is mm. when yeah. the opportunities arise, I want to pre- be prepared. And I love when it says that in the scripture, be prepared to give an answer, you know, why you have this hope. So, you know, 
be excellent in your job, mm-hmm. love people well, make time for them genuinely, you know, try to, you know, pray those things and their pray change into their life and have a good, be, be hopeful because that's going to be that magnet that draws people mm-hmm. in and say, you know, what's different, you know, about yeah. you. And I know we hear that in the church all the time, you know, to be a lot, <laughs> but you know, it's going to draw them in for conversation and all you have to do, it's like a baited trap. I feel like yeah. the Lord sets in the workplace, you yeah. load yeah. yourself up with the word and wait until God brings them to your table. I love that, Lorian. And <laughs> I, at my church, we call them throat punches, which is like, where it's, it's kind of like a gut punch, like check yourself kind of thing. You mm-hmm. just hit me so many throat punches. You don't even know of putting, like, you can have a new job that, that hits, hits me hard of like what I was saying at the beginning of so many of us make our job, our identity. Yes. And like, when you say like, you can always get another job, put people first. It's like, woof. I always say like, woof, like, man, <laughs> that, that it's true. It's true. And to have someone say it is very throat punchy of you. So <laughs> well, in I the actually, best way, I get, I, I really feel like that's part of my charm. And, <laughs> you know, the one thing I would say is, and, and this is probably for a totally another segment, but it will, if you, if you do that, it will align you into the purpose for which you were born. And God says, I, I designed good works for you in advance. And so my, I don't make decisions anymore. I made one decision to follow Christ. And now the rest of my time is spent trying to figure out what he wants me to do. Mm, that's beautiful. Lorian, thank you so much for joining us. Um, where can people find you? I want people to go and hear your words of wisdom and hopefully one day read that memoir of yours. So where can they find you? I'm most active on, on Facebook. So you can find me Lorian Hirschberger. It's, it's a, definitely a unique name. Um, and, and I'm also on Instagram as cash noise. So here we go. Those those are my two places and I am working on a website, but I don't have that built yet. I'm excited. All the good things. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you liked what you were listening to, make sure you subscribe and hit those five stars and we'll catch you on the next episode.